My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David, and I am joined by Retro Ray from Countdown City Geekcast and Star Wars Stuff Podcast. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about, obviously, Ahsoka Part 6 Breakdown and Easter Eggs. Such a fantastic episode. We did a uh, really cool post show last night, and we had uh, quite a few people on. And um, it seems like overwhelmingly everyone loved the episode. We've had about 24 hours now to digest it, and I think that it was possibly, it's. I mean, it's hard to top Part 5, Shadow Warrior, but Part 6 was pretty good, man. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. So many landmark things happen. We got live-action Thrawn, or spoilers, in case... I don't think I have to say that, but just in case, spoilers, we got live-action Thrawn, we got live-action Ezra, we got to see Peridia for the first time. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff baked into this episode, and of course, we want to break it all down for you, reveal as many Easter eggs as uh, we detected, and uh, if you're out in the chat there, uh, feel free to chime in with stuff that we missed, stuff that you want to point out, stuff that you want to talk about. Uh, before we get started, though, we do want to recognize our awesome support out there. On the purple tier for Patreon, we have Darth Ace 1, Liam McCallion, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Nitzel. On the red tier, we have Fedrir 526 and Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, and Evan O'Paker. Thank you so much to all of our supporters out there. We love you guys. And without further ado, Let's take a look at Far, Far Away. So what do you think of that title, Ray? When I saw it, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, man, we're going to go back or flashback to Old Republic times, possibly. But I kind of got that feel to a certain extent when they start talking about stories. Right. The New Republic government, yes, but I believe their activity speaks to a larger operation involving... So yeah, they did the recap. They I don't think they showed any of the world between worlds, did they? They just showed a soak of the whites. Yeah. And then they showed some purgle action. A lot of people didn't think we were gonna get to see Ahsoka and Hu Yang inside the mouth of the purgle, but Yeah, it was kind of surprising. I mean we kind of talked about it where we were thinking that we were gonna see the ship, you know, kind of wrecked yeah i wasn't expecting to see it what we saw so the hyperspace graphical display here going through hyperspace at a significant more rate of speed here was really cool because we got all these like different colors going through between galaxies and it was so cool to see these these star whales as they're referred to in this episode so much just kind of glide through. And of course, Ahsoka and Hu Yang are just along for the ride. And David Tennant there has an awesome line. He's like, I've I've seen everything now. And 
albeit he's 25,000 years old. Yeah, so, but that, that, okay, you bringing that up. Yeah. Dude, it leaves so much because he talks about how he has all these stories. What other stuff has he seen? You, you know what I mean? That opened right. up a lot, made my mind start thinking, like, was he there in the High Republic times? Are we going to see him, you know, in the when they do the movies, you know, back in High Republic? So it just opened a bunch of questions in my head with that part of it when he was talking. Yeah, he's definitely there in the High Republic times. Yeah. Uh, Old Republic, possibly. Yeah, Old yeah. Republic stories might, uh, he might serve serve well. Hopefully, David Tennant still wants to do this. He's around. Dude, I doubt he's going to turn that down, man. If you're, <laughs> if I was a Star Wars fan and I had this opportunity, I would be like, I'm ready to go whenever you need me. Just yeah. call me. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, they're just gliding along in the Pergil, in the Starwell. So it got me thinking, too, when they talk about it, you know, once we get to the planet. Um, so are they like salmon? They go to that world to die is what I take it. You know, how they, the salmon, you know, right. swim, swim upstream and stuff like that. Is that what they're kind of saying the purgles do? I wonder if whales do that. I know whales migrate, but yeah, I'm not quite sure. And whales are super intelligent. I just saw a video of a killer whale getting the attention of like people in a boat and they knew that the whale was trying to tell them something. So they went back to the coast, got the coast guard, gave them the coordinates. The coast guard goes out there and sure enough, it was the, it was like a, a calf. It was trying to get people's attention to go see the mom who was like 60 feet down below that had her like tail wrapped in some type of rope or something. Oh, and dang. yeah, yeah, they're super intelligent, man. And I've I've loved wells all my life. Yeah. And then they have the conversation about Sabine. And Ahsoka talks about in her tone that she is kind of disappointed by Sabine's choice. She she made a, a, a selfish choice in trying to save Ezra. Yeah. And and Hu Yang basically says, I mean, maybe that's that's the only choice that she had. And maybe that was indeed the right choice. And True. You see Ahsoka kind of trying to find some insight into the whole thing. And, and of course, Hu Yang brings up the the three stories, the the three parts of history and people online. And this is what I initially thought, too. Um, parts one, two, and three. Could they be referring to the original trilogy, prequel trilogy, then sequel trilogy? Is it like a meta type of joke? And then, of course, Ahsoka says, part one obviously being the best. And that's what's been said for for so many decades. But then you think about it, what if it's meant to refer to the prequels, original trilogy than the sequels so then she'd be referring to the prequels as the best and the prequels tie more so into what Filoni's doing so that's the big question so there's a lot of debate right now on the internet about that yeah I kind of was thinking about that as well and yeah they, they have the little back and forth and then Ahsoka says why don't you tell me a story and then Hu Yang starts it with the classic a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And everyone's like, he did the thing. 
<laughs> and yeah, just just David Tennant's like intonation with his voice too. He yeah. feels like a very old soul. And Filoni named it Far, Far Away. And Filoni actually did an interview at Celebration, I think in Anaheim, and someone asked the question, where's Thrawn? Like, just shouted it out in the crowd. And then Filoni, back in 2022, said in the mic, he's far, far away. And here we are. <laughs> it's like now you're going to have to go back and watch all those interviews and see yeah. maybe he was dropping stuff that we didn't catch at the time. Oh, yeah, and people definitely are. And so we go to the classic prisoner in a cell scene. I automatically always think back to Leia. Yeah. And then we get Balin in the window. And gold is a big theme in this episode here. I was wondering about that because the ship that when they fly to the planet, Mm -hmm. it kind of, the ship, the way it was, constructed the way it looked like triangle-ish mm-hmm. you know what i mean and the wings expanded but yeah everything for some apparent reason the gold is i guess big i guess yeah then we have the back back and forth between sabine and balin uh, basically sabine saying you're you're breaking you're breaking the deal this wasn't part of the deal but balin never said that she wouldn't be shackled so technically i guess yeah, he just said he was going to take her yeah, there. Yeah, and then of course he gets Shin, Morgan Elsbeth on the bridge. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Balin, maybe he has plans that we don't know about where he's going to use Sabine possibly in the end for something. And then we get the same kind of effect that we saw with the whales. The loot dropping out of hyper, hyperspace. And the droids say we've reached our final destination, Pridia. And then Morgan Elsbeth gives us this tidbit here. Uh, this is the ancient world of my ancestors ancestors uh the dathomiri which of course we have the planet dathomir in the galaxy we're familiar with but it looks like the uh original planet was prettier and they did the whole migration thing and there's this facebook user out there that says the prison cells never seem to have toilets no i don't <laughs> that's true so yeah we get a dathomir mention and then Balin talks about, I believe it's Balin's yeah. talking here. And then, yes, Morgan Elsbeth also says that her people were able to 
ride the star whales. And it's mentioned, if you look closely at the rings around Pridia, they're actually, it's probably a mixture of dust and rock, but also bones from Purgle. Yeah. I thought that was a cool touch. What do you mean by, what do you think she meant by they rode the Purgles? Do you think they did the same thing that, you know, uh, Ahsoka did in, inside? Or was there a different way they rode the wells? When you think ride, you think on top of. So. Yeah, because I mean that's what I took it as, like kind of yeah. like um, um, what's the HBO show with the dragons? Okay. House of the Dragon. I thought of Dune riding the sandworms. I thought of that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, the scale of it all, and there's it seems like there's a lot of Dune references in here. Well, I mean, also, too, if you look at the structures of the ship, it kind of gives you that dune feel, the dark and kind of the squarish, the way, you know, well, I don't know if you're going with the the new dune or the original dune. The new. Okay, okay. Yeah. I get a little bit of the old school dune yeah. kind of different parts of the ship. And this descent right here felt like Prometheus to me, the, uh, the Damon Lindelof film. Oh yeah, the approach on the planet, and you can see like the condensation on the the windows, and then of course you see the structures that are native to the planet, which are like huge witches protruding out of the the land there. You and, see, this is where I got that Lord of the Rings vibe. Where I was telling you, uh -huh. where you remember when they're dry, when they're uh, crossing the two statues that are. In between is I forgot where they're. Yeah, going. the Argonoth. Yeah. yeah, I kind of cut that feel when I saw the statues. Yeah. And then and we this... see Night Sisters for the first time, the witches. And then this here reminded me when in Lord of the Rings when they're all uh, in the elf war, um, where they they all meet the elves around the table. At Rivendell. Rivendell, yeah. This kind of reminded Council me of, of that. Elrond. Yeah. Well, this reminded me of Dune because you have the Bene Gesserit sisterhood. And, oh, yeah, that part of it. Yeah, yeah. And and these are all women and their voices, too. They have that weird, like, echo thing. And in Dune, they have that thing called the voice. And you can hear, like, that kind of, like, echo, like, that deep uh, voice that they have going. See, this, this made me happy because this is what I expected to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And people have commented Morgan Elizabeth doesn't look like this, but I mean she's she's related to them. She's not exactly a night sister. Yeah, hundred percent night sister. Yeah. And I love the fact when they when they say she she like reeks of Jedi, and then they point out that Sabine could be an issue, a problem in the future. Yeah, so, that's what I did. That's the first thing that popped when I saw that I heard that, I was yeah. like Oh man, what is she gonna do? Like, what is she gonna become? So this sequence here with the orbs basically leading her to the saw, I thought that was pretty neat how how that came to be. Basically, like Star Wars chains, basically, and it led her to her cell here. And then I was kind of half thinking that Ezra might be in the cell or another creature might be in the cell, all of Return of the Jedi with Han and Chewie. But nope. No one's there. 
And then we get this awesome exchange by Balin where he tells Shin that I believe this is a conversation. Yeah, he, he talks about the land. And I think Shin asked the question, is Thrawn going to lead us to this ultimate power that he's been referencing the whole time? He says no. And I think he refers to the stories that he was told. And I think Balin is now taking all these fairy tales and all, all these stories that were talked about that are now coming true in front of his eyes and thinking that whatever power was told to him as a kid is out there, can be accessed. Yeah, that, see, that's where this is where I was talking about last night yeah. when I said I'd give it a 10 because it makes you think, like, what other stories are out there that are going to get tied to this? Like, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like the like the Lost City of Atlantis. You know, that's a story, but what if it, it is reality that it is, it is out there? You know what I mean? That's kind of the same premise with this. Stories that he heard and maybe special weapons or, or you know what i mean that's probably what he wants to go see if they are true yeah we still don't know quite know what it is i thought at the beginning it was rolled between worlds he was trying to access and change the timeline yeah. of events and just kind of like mess up reality in a way but yeah we don't know no richard on youtube asked how much interaction do you think the great mothers of pretty have had with the jedi they've had to have some uh i'm not sure how much but we we've seen the animation stuff so there's that aspect of it. But I how think how far back do you think they go? Pretty far back, like thousands of years. But see, the thing is, they're separated by galaxy. So the Jedi's fairy tales could be like, okay, well, we have the witches and they're raising like their young and they're telling them about the Jedi and the Jedi are their fairy tales. But maybe they're teaching them that, yeah, the Jedi aren't fairy tales. They're real, and they're there to, to basically undo what they're trying to do. All pretty much the evil that they're doing. Yeah, and he, and Balin says right here, children's stories come to life, and he talks about the folk tales. We have folk tales and fairy tales in Star Wars now, and Balin says, when I was about your age, I watched everything burn. So that basically means when when the Jedi Temple fell, how old do you think she is right now? Uh, like early twenties. So he was in his early twenties. Yeah, and he was a general too, as yeah. we learn later on. So, kind of going back to what we talked about before, where Ahsoka, as a kid, seeing the stuff that she saw at such a young age, how it kind of scarred her to a certain extent. You think that's what he's got right now? He's he he's wanting to fix what what he doesn't want what happened before to happen anymore. Yeah, he's totally jaded. He's he's a student yeah. of history. He's he knows that history repeats itself, and yeah. he's explained in this episode he's gonna try and stop that cycle, that never ending cycle from happening. How he's gonna attempt it, we don't know what power he's gonna try and use, but he says he wants to go back to the beginning, which. I don't know. Sounds like time travel to me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Look at yeah. it's, all it's all inevitable. It repeats again and again and again. And Shin's getting a new lesson here. 
And Balin says that sort of power is fleeting, the, the power that Thrawn is trying to obtain. So what do you mean? What do you think he means by that? Just control over the galaxy, or yeah, just he... like the just like the empire, the the, okay, okay. the constant repeating of like the empire rising, then falling, then rising, then falling. Yeah, okay, and, okay. I mean that's yeah, yeah. Balin's trying to end all that stuff and break that cycle. And then we get. So, did you think that she was actually using the force here? I didn't. I thought it was going to be like kind of like a. a like a psych out in a way where someone was opening the door and something was happening. And some people thought earthquake. Yeah. That's what I thought so too. But then she looks out the window, which presumably it looks like she could actually crawl through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what if she gets to the end? What is it? It's just like a straight drop down. Right. You know right. I mean? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's handcuffed too. So there's that. Now, but Balin, he, he has that, that night feel like a real Jedi, like not just a Jedi, but yeah, the night feel. You know what I mean? Even, even uh, you know, the Apprentice, same thing. Like if you if you really look at her her suit, it kind of re- gives you the Joan of Arc kind of armor. Yeah, yeah, feels like a medieval knight. Like they she stole the the pauldrons for her shoulders off. Yeah, yeah, and then here we get it. We get the Chimera. Thrawn's fabled Star Destroyer. And I was wondering what the shape of it was going to be. And of course, if I back up a little bit, you can see how it was like patched together with the, the whole gold aesthetic. And of course, Thrawn's ship wouldn't be complete without the, the big Thrawn insignia at the bottom. And it's all there, guys what you've been waiting for and it's cool how it went over the spire and then drops down in the opening so they can actually have a solid platform to walk on and then you see the the tie fighters hanging yeah so the thing that we didn't talk about at all in the post show is these stormtroopers they're called night troopers so are these undead See, and that's what we talked about last. I mentioned it last night, but it would, I go, "What if they're zombies?" And we talked about what if they're controlled by the witches. Okay, I didn't hear that. Yeah, we, they had mentioned it, but then they kind of laughed it off because it'd be like, "Oh, zombies," you know, like kind of thing like that. But because yeah, because if you look at their 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 faces and their helmets, it's like they've already been killed. You know. Yeah. You think and about then, the 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 hyperspace travel that they went through. If Ezra only made a force bubble for him and Thrawn to survive. All these other troopers are dead. Everyone else on on the Star Destroyer are dead. Yeah. And then you got the music. You got the Thrawn theme playing with the organ. And then you get this guy. So what do you think of his faceplate? Like I said, first thing I thought about for me was Flash Gordon. You know, Ming's uh, sidekick. Um, The face, the way it looked to a certain extent. But... I just was curious about it. Like I have in all the shows that we watch, we've never seen something like this. Yeah. This is completely different. Yeah. So this Facebook user points out something interesting. Um, Maybe Balin is hunting a mystical artifact, like the Holy grail. That is there. There is something to that because originally the, the, the MacGuffin for star Wars wasn't the force. It was really, 
a um it was like a power force like a big stone like a big rock and Filoni might be trying to work that in to the where that is in this galaxy and has some type of special power i don't know um i'm trying to remember exactly what it was called but i know it's in the uh in the audible book that i listened to that uh, josh robert thompson narrated um if you're in chat chime in with that because i know it's it, it was something specific if, if i hear the name I'll, I'll know it so yeah this is enoch and enoch of course is another historical name that's that's found in the bible Basically, Thrawn's right-hand man, so to speak. And there we, there we have him. Lars Mikkelsen is Thrawn in live action. And you notice his suit is frayed a little bit in some parts. So he's kind of been through it. Yeah. And you have the red eyes, the blue skin, the black hair. See, and we talked about before in the previous podcast where we thought that he would have been with you know Ezra and they would have probably joined forces. Yeah. They completely went the complete opposite on this one. Yeah. So it gets me thinking. I don't know if we'll get a flashback on it, but did Ezra kind of flee right after they got to the planet? You know what I mean? Or what happened that Ezra that he's hunting Ezra? You know what I mean? Like how did Ezra get away? Because if you if you think about it, he mentions that he's been trying to find Ezra for a while. I think the Night Sisters got involved and they sensed uh, Ezra reeked of Jedi, and they're like, nope. And then Thrawn probably joined their alliance there immediately, and he had the help of all those Night Sisters. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, they look pretty much what we thought they'd look like. And this is essentially the first meeting of of Balin with Thrawn. And then Sabine has a reunion with Thrawn. And Sabine has the demeanor of like she's she thinks Thrawn is just <laughs> not what he is. He's not as revered in her eyes. Yeah, she's, she's just like whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you and know, but- Thrawn wasn't too thrilled with uh Balin either. You know what I mean? He was he wasn't too impressed. Late to the party, just in time. Uh, Noah on YouTube says, uh, we're all hoping for Thrawn to be fitter than he was portrayed here in Rebels and various novels. He always tried to remain in fighting shape. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think those Night Sisters are feeding him well, though. <laughs> He's eating good. Yeah, they're he, taking care of their man. Yeah, he might be the only living being other than the Night Sisters actually there. So, I mean, the, the troopers probably don't have to eat, you know? They're probably undead. Yeah. And then Thrawn makes it clear, you helped my cause. Now I shall help yours because she handed over the map to Balin. And now he is free of his exile. He thinks. And tells Sabine, she can leave. She can get out of here. She can go find Ezra. But. If she doesn't make it back to the Chimera in time, she'll be stranded there forever. And there's the shot from uh, all the trailers and commercials and stuff. Oh, dang. And Sabine ain't scared of Thrawn at all. And I love these these howler creatures. 
like a mix between a dog, a bat, an alligator, and uh, they have the uh, characteristics and the uh, just the overall demeanor of a of a dog, as we'll see later on down the line here. And yeah, Enoch helps her out. Hands her all of her weaponry, and we hear the command for the howler, Tota. That's to sit, and she uses that later on. And then it looks like she has like a, a like a mat to sleep on. She has the saddle there, and and it made me think of the wargs from the Two Towers too. And and I love those those creatures. So do you? It got me thinking, like, why did they give her this creature to ride when yet they had TIE Fighters there? Because they gave her her weapons. Why wouldn't they have just given her a TIE Fighter? I think the Howlers are probably more... There's just simply more of the Howlers. And TIE Fighters are, are very... Um, at this point in time... And, and you hear Thrawn talk about uh, resources and, and assigning resources out. And you don't want to give up TIE Fighters. And of course, with the TIE Fighter, Sabine could probably come back and cause a lot more damage. And it's easier, because Thrawn's thinking three steps ahead, playing 40 chess. It's easier just to kill Sabine, probably, from one of these Howlers. And who knows, maybe the Howler has a reputation of being unpredictable. And they just met, I mean, the maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some training involved to, to actually have that bond between the Rider and the Howler. I don't know, it could be that. Could be many different things, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be like if someone came over to your house that was a prisoner, and then you give them one of your cars. You know, <laughs> would you rather do that or give them like a horse that you have? I don't know, <laughs> or some big creature they can just ride. I like the what this Facebook user has to say. Yeah, where he uh, yeah, they can't afford to lose a, a Tie Fighter. At the, uh, yeah, essentially. Uh, Noah from YouTube says a howler isn't going to do them much good in a space battle. And Noah also says a howler isn't going to do Thrawn much good. Yeah. Yeah, the other one I was talking about was this one right here where it says perhaps um, the troopers are like the undead army that Ar Aragon led in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. There's, there's another kind of similarity there. Yeah. And Enoch says nomads do wander the wastelands and they prey upon each other for survival. And that's funny, die well. <laughs> <laughs> Sabine's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So she's armed with her blaster. She's got her lightsaber back. And then, of course, Thrawn says, indeed, you may follow her at your own pace. And then Shin is like, I thought you are going to honor Um To honor. honor your agreement. And then Thrawn's like, yeah, you can honor the agreement, but he never said anything about killing her <laughs> once she reunites her, uh, once she gets reunited with Ezra. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, this is awesome. Um, the landscape is different. It's not Tatooine. It's not sand. It's not ice, snow, hoth. It's kind of in between there. And, uh, this made me think about all the 80s movies in the past, like Conan and Red Sonja and stuff like that. Yeah. And going on a side quest here with the, with the creature. And Willow, too. 
the the howler uh looks a lot like some of those creatures that you saw in willow another lucasfilm property and then of course you bring out the the radar device there and then i thought about the crimson corsair from from episode seven these these bandits that pop out with the red armor and a lot of people are like well they're samurai they're not to samurai yeah i could see that too and then we have the gunfight. And then, of course, she whips out the green saber. And I mentioned it last night on the podcast. It was like one of my dreams and like movie ideas for uh, someone to. And, and this almost, like, I don't think anyone's pointed this out, but she's wearing that poncho, almost like a, like a Clint Eastwood type in, in one of his spaghetti westerns. And then it's, it's, he's like the lone gunfighter, but she has a sword, though. She has a laser sword. She has a lightsaber. And you whip that out. She's not really a trained Jedi, but she can use the saber. She can use a blade. And then she goes about dispatching all of them. All I can say is Sabine, the actress that's portraying Sabine, is knocking it out of the park. Yeah, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. Yeah. So the design on the bottom, did you get a clear picture of that? What it was? Was yeah, it two sticks or two? Yeah, it's it's Thrawn's classic design. It's that's been around for I want to say decades. So I think but, it's it's spot on. It's kind of hard to see, but I mean it's it's like the bottom of, of that Star Destroyer is like tattooed with his insignia. Well, it got me thinking. We never saw that in any of the other Star Wars, other than when we saw it in in Mandalorian, where they had their ship on the yeah, yeah, the yeah. But it's it's in the books. Um, oh, it's in the books. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 something that's classic. Gotcha. So they're moving cargo onto the Star Destroyer from the catacombs. It seems like. So what's in what's in these boxes? They they look very coffin shaped to me. Are these like? Undead night sisters that the night sisters are trying to bring back. Is it an undead army like the night sisters version of it? Is it their ancestors? I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, that's kind of curious. Yeah, and then Throttle alludes to the fact that Balin and Shand are expendable. And See, then, when he when he mentioned that, it yeah. got me thinking. Like, okay, let's say he sends them off to kill them. But then he just they just take off and leave him behind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think they'll merge together if that happens? Probably. If these stormtroopers or, or night troopers are undead, yeah. I mean, they're all going to be like one big undead army. I don't think it really matters what they look like. I think Thrawn's the only living being here other than the Night Sisters and, and Morgan at this point. Yeah, so Thrawn points out that the mercenaries Balin and Shin are expendable. And then Sabine has this conversation and scolds the Howler, calling the Howler a coward, but then tells the Howler to go away. And then the Howler comes trotting back like a like a good dog. <laughs> and the Howler basically senses something and goes to picks up Sabine and 
I mean, I love the landscape here. It's awesome. This feels a lot like when in the Fellowship of the Ring, when they're traversing all the lands in the, in the mountainous areas and two towers too, as well. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, the howler gets some water from a tiny puddle, but of course also senses something goes to a rock, what we perceive to be a rock and it's not a rock. And so when it first pops up, the first thing that popped in my head, there was an episode of, I think it was in clone wars where the creature that looks something like this character yeah. uh, went on a mission with a group of droids to recover something. And he was like the general uh, for that episode. But it kind of reminded me of this character. Yeah, late to the party says an army of undead magic users would be a formidable army leading to Filoni's big film. Yeah, it would. And be very interesting. Uh, this Facebook user said uh, previously here, uh, the Nati, which is the name of the this creature uh, and its race there, uh, kind of resembles smaller versions of the creatures from the Dark Crystal. Yeah. Dark oh, Crystal vibes. Uh, Clone Clone Wars animated race vibes. Um, look a lot like a hermit crab. Crab-like. Um, but look, he's wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is meant to tell us that, okay, it's the sentient being, um, they're civilized, and there's more of them there. And they, they do have their own language, too. They, they try and, this uh, particular Nazi is trying to talk to Sabine, and it's terrified of the Howler. I guess that's its natural predator, or they, they've had some situations where they they know to be fearful and of course it's a huge beast too so yeah it makes a lot of sense and then Sabine gets down to the Nazi's level there and then the Nazi sees the symbol of the the rebellion on her shoulder and then pulls out his piece of art there and she automatically knows okay well they know where Ezra's at and this is fairly kind of linear I mean there was no real big twist or surprises here I mean these these little guys weren't like the Ewoks where they're trying to eat people <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's definitely true yeah and when I saw that 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 that, that first like pop up from the rock. I thought of Yoda, the the encounter with Luke <laughs> and Yoda, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a really like powerful creature, maybe." But no, they they didn't copy that. This is more like a Jawa, Ewok type of encounter. And then Balin and Shin come across yeah. Sabine's handiwork with the nomads. And Balin mentions uh. This about Ezra, I believe, a uh, breed of Boken Jedi. Boken are like the, the sticks that they use uh, to spar with. And he tells Shin, no, he was trained as a Jedi. He was trained as a Jedi. And you, you I trained to be something more, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. And Balin has this whole kind of idea of, and the same thing with Ahsoka, not really training their apprentice the same way they were taught. But 
teaching them better, I think. And then they encounter a group of nomads. And I do like this this bit of dialogue here from Balin. Shin asks him, did you miss the order? And he says, I miss the idea of it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's beautiful writing right there. Um, yeah, definitely. That's a great way of describing his exacting feelings about the Jedi Order and, and gives you more color to his his actions and his real viewpoint of what he's gone through and the choices he's made. Yeah, I, I, I get kind of get what he's talking about where he likes the idea of what they want to do, but it seems like he the Jedi somewhat is instead of retaliation to a certain point, they don't retaliate even though they get attacked or they want to respond in dim- diplomatic type of way instead of, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I late to the party it. on YouTube says all this felt more willow than willow. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Uh, very Willow-esque, which is a good thing. The old yeah. school Willow. I, very beloved movie. And then they see the bandits, and Balin says, no need for bloodshed. And we get gentle music playing with the naughty leading Sabine to their camp. And this kind of felt like Rings of Power to me. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw Rings of Power on Amazon, you saw the... Uh, the precursors to the hobbits have these kind of like caravans that they they move. They don't stay anywhere too long, and they're very small, and they can kind of hide. And they all have clothes on, which is interesting. And it's it's like a little town here. Some some of them are cooking, offering up some stuff to Sabine there, and yeah, it's like a little civilization that's made it through in this harsh wasteland and then of course there he is Iman Esfandi as Ezra Bridger and yeah Sabine can't believe it there he is bam so he he looks very biblical here <laughs> yeah he does the beard the clothes yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the beard, the clothes, the color. I mean, he he doesn't look like a Jedi. He he looks like something straight out of the Bible. He kind of looks like Moses. Yeah, yeah. He looks yeah, and he's got chainmail on too. And yeah, he his voice sounds like uh, Taylor Gray from from Rebels. And then they have the embrace, of course. And Sabine says, "We, why didn't you tell us where you were going? And then Ezra says, I couldn't because I had no idea where I was going. He just had a plan. He verified that it worked with Sabine. And Ezra this whole time is under the idea that Sabine has her own ship and they can just fly back or something. But of course... Sabine kind of keeps that to herself. That yeah, they they got a they got a tough road ahead of them. Yeah, she doesn't want to ruin the moment. And then Ezra's blue eyes too. He's definitely wearing contacts or something. Yeah, because I was wanting to think about the show, and 
you know, uh, Star Wars Rebels is that his eyes were always so bright blue. Yeah. I think that's a good shot right there. You can kind of see the blue eyes. A lot of contacts worn on this set of Ahsoka. <laughs> I, I guess Sabine is maybe the only character, the only main character that's not wearing contacts. Yeah. Then Morgan and Shin and Balin too, probably. And then the Night Sisters tell Thrawn that a Jedi approaches, and then Thrawn automatically knows that it's Ahsoka. That Balin gave Morgan false information. Either lied to her or <clears throat> didn't complete the job. And then Morgan's like impossible. I thought it was beyond you. I thought it was beyond you to underestimate the Jedi. What do you mean what do you think he meant by played by that? After all, death and resurrection are common deceptions. Played out by both the Night Sister and Jedi. So they like to fake their deaths. They like to seem like they're dead. And of course they come back. True, that is true. And then Thrawn points out that maybe maybe Balin and Shin aren't to be trusted. Maybe they're like double agents or triple agents essentially. That's a possibility as well. Yeah. And of course, Thrawn, he's always strategizing that we shall prepare accordingly. And if a star will approach his Pridia, destroy it with prejudice. And then this is interesting too, so... Thrawn approaches the Nine Sisters and he says, Grandmothers, the threat of destiny demands it um, that he uses their dark magic once again. So, once again, using the dark magic, asking for their help once again. I mean, to me, that screams they helped with the, the revival of those stormtroopers right behind them and for that army. That's yeah. what that means to me. I don't know what, what it, did you get something different from that? No, that's what I kind of thought as well because what I mean, what else would you use black magic on? You know what I mean? Yeah. So Martin here on YouTube says, "Do you think Ahsoka will try to convert Balin and he'll deceive her and probably get killed in the process?" There's so much light I think left in Balin in that that seed of of hope in him it feels like we could definitely see balen kind of turn back to the light side or help assist ahsoka ezra and sabine in in some type of mission to maybe stop thrawn um i'd love to see balen and ahsoka fight together that'd be pretty cool yeah um it's either that or we're going to see a duel, I think, between Balin and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka, of course, is going to prevail. And unfortunately, we won't have the late, great Ray Stevenson to reprise his character in a season two or in the Filoni film. So 
but yeah there there is that that one piece of hope there that that Balin does turn around I think if Balin goes more to the light side I think Shin might go more to the dark side she's seemed like so maniacal this whole time and and just insane and just set in being and going more towards the dark more so than than anything and I think she'll listen to Balin but maybe to a certain extent yeah so and that is where the episode leaves us right there final shot of Thrawn played by Lars Mikkelsen yeah 42 minutes and it was directed by Jennifer Getzinger Um, she has directed a lot of TV in the past she's done uh, Mad Men, Westworld Uh, she's done a slew of other TV shows Uh, she did a great job yep definitely yeah what else do you guys think So late to the party thinks uh, we think Balin is going to bite off more than he can chew with the power he's looking for, and it will either end him or take him over as something new and frightening. Yeah, that's also a possibility. Um, sounds a lot like maybe like a doom, like a Superman doomsday type thing, where Balin becomes like a creature or something. Um, but yeah, we have no idea. That's the great thing right now. I I saw some some spoilery things a long time ago, and it never mentioned anything about Balin or Shen. So I have no idea. Um, some of the the spoilery stuff I saw in the past did mention uh, the witches. It did mention magic, um, and it felt like they were going far off into a distant galaxy um, or a distant world or the outer reaches or the outer rim and having new adventures kind of like what we saw in this episode and I think just like what Josh said last night about the episode I think we're all thrilled about it Um, it's a new era in Star Wars essentially we can go to other galaxies and have other adventures and I thought about the Ryan Johnson trilogy if that's ever going to happen Go to a different galaxy, different rules, different characters, different planets, different everything essentially, but still have those uh, lovable characters, those characters that we can connect with, new stories. Um, possibilities for Star Wars is, uh, is endless. Oh, yeah. And we have a lot to look forward to. And uh, I would love an Ahsoka season two because it feels like it's going to end kind of abruptly. And we're not going to have appropriate closure. And we're going to need something after that. If it's a Filoni movie, we're going to have to wait years, guys. <laughs> because this writer's yeah. and actor strike seems to be n- with no end in sight. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's going to push back all the other projects. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough deal. Definitely. So Noah from YouTube says, throwing the theory out there that Sabine walks away from the Jedi and Shin will become Ahsoka's new apprentice after Shin kills Balin. Mm. That's that's pretty good. 
I wouldn't mind yeah. Shin sticking around. I mean, yeah, Shin would have. Shin would be like a Ronin. She wouldn't have a master. Um. Yeah, if if Balin goes, I mean, Shin it will be just out there. Hopefully, she doesn't go too. Um, Ivana Sokno, that actress, she's done a terrific job with Shin. Yeah. And uh, James and I on on our Patreon Daily podcast, we joked about getting some Shin merchandise. And he was like, David, what would you get? I said, I'll get a, a cutout just like what I have right here with Ahsoka right behind me. And last night they announced the cutout. The and it, I was like, man, I'm so tempted to buy it now <laughs> and put it behind me. <laughs> but see, I think if I buy the Shin cutout, it's gonna be, it's not gonna, it's not gonna arrive until after the show's over anyway. So, but it'd be no, nice to have. I have a I have a Bo-Katan one as well, but. Yeah, did anyone else um, pick up on anything that we didn't comment on as far as uh, the Easter eggs? Um, in the chat there. Because I know there's there's other stuff that we, we definitely didn't, didn't hit on. There was, I know there's a, there's a form of art where you take broken pottery and you fill it with those like gold filaments, kind of like we saw with the stormtroopers. And that was something that was also referenced with Kylo Ren's helmet when he put his helmet back together, but it was red. But I think there's an actual um, way of, way of constructing something that's been broken. But in this circumstance, it's gold and the whole like gold motif that, that went through the episode and then you have Enoch with the with the gold plated face true so yeah what what do you think we're going to get with episode part 7 well we got right now it's supposed to take them what 3 days to load up the ship so i think when we get back we're going to basically either see a so good landing are coming into the planet. Um, and then possibly I'm thinking more likely getting there right before they leave, but there's nothing they can do to stop them from taking off. Yeah. We might see a lot of Starwell death. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Late to the party just chimed in with that. <laughs> Starwell massacre in episode seven. Yeah. I'm thinking they're going to pull out of hyperspace and it's just going to be like chaos. Yeah. And, but I mean, fortunate for Ahsoka, she's in a big, huge pod of Starwell. So she's going to be approaching and actually have a little bit of cover and, and the chances will be on her side that she's going to make it through. I mean, is she just going to fly right at right out of the mouth? <laughs> <laughs> break, break the baleen teeth of the Starwell? That's and gonna then, be interesting. And then she can she can play a little offense. Cause do the Purgle have any way of like defending themselves other than flying away? Do they shoot anything? Not that I do they have blowholes? That remember. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. What if they I... just like pick up the bones of their dead answers as ancestors and like fling them? What are you thinking? What are you expecting? I, I have no idea, man. I have no clue what's what's gonna happen, but late to the party, I think, is is on target there with a Starwell massacre. So, 
All right, guys. Well, that is the breakdown with the Easter eggs that we caught. Uh, what did you guys catch? Uh, like the video, subscribe, comment below on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, let us know what you thought. And um, thanks for watching, listening. And, of course, you can always find us on YouTube if you're watching us there. Thank you so much. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Star Stuff Podcasts. On X and Stuff Pod, on Threads at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We have a Patreon at Star Wars Stuff Podcast two one eight seven. We're also on TikTok. You can email the show at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We have a page and a group. You can join that. All you have to do is uh, simply uh, hit the button to join. And also Apple, Spotify, write a review on Apple, five stars. That would be great. Helps out the podcast tremendously. And also, we have a website where we write articles here and there, uh, StarStuffPodcast.com. For Retro Ray, my name is David, and may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>